listening to Tarot Visions. You lucky devil. Hey, Jamie, what you doing? Oh, hey, Rose. Um, well, I've got a couple of windows open. I'm running behind on a bunch of stuff that I've got to do for the Cardomancer. Cardomancer? Yeah, the Cardomancer. Do you know about the Cardomancer? I know a little bit about it. What are you doing for it? Well, I edit stuff. I write some stuff for it. And I'm trying to come up with some new internal documentation for all the editors. Uh. There's like, you know, there's a lot of diction and in jargon in tarot like we've done a whole podcast around it a couple like last year or something you know like PDA and what is an LWB and all that it gets more involved when you have a magazine full of do you uppercase tarot do you lowercase it Llewellyn lowercase it because it's not a proper well if you talk about tarot in generic form it should be lowercase however everybody like this one article I've got up has it uppercased some people have it lowercased and it's just so much so gosh you know you have like oh i don't know uh, a person you could talk to wait wait um jamie oh god oh god is she standing right behind me (laughs) (laughs) hey arwen my 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 Hi. Official, official boss for the Cardomancer. Hi, Rose Red. How are you, honey? Jamie, we need to talk. Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm good, actually. And so honored to be able to chat with you. I'm glad you were able to just appear for us <laughs> and make this a little bit more uh, entertaining uh, watching our uh, in-house editor go a little nuts there. Well, you know what they say. Speak of the devil and she will appear. Well, there you go. Very true. (laughs) However, I don't think either one of us would consider you a devil. (laughs) No, 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 no. Devilish. Yes. (laughs) For sure. But in that also wonderful way. Yes. Thank you. But for our wonderful listeners who may not really know who you are, would you mind telling us a little bit about yourself? I am Arwen, the professional joy seeker. I also have adopted Tarot Hawk because nobody else did, and I thought, why the heck not? I've been reading Tarot since 81, 82, somewhere in that area, got professional in 85, and got a wild hair, and two years ago, I bought the Cartomancer from Jay and Jazzy of the Forest, and have been publishing it since, and it's a wonderful thing. I've got great, great help in the form of people like Jamie, who is one of my go-tos. I'll just throw the entire magazine at her and go, can you prove this like yesterday? And she's always there. If she's got time, she'll do it. So I really appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you, Arwen. I appreciate you allowing me to stick on board, so to speak, and help edit and write and do all the fun things that, (laughs) you know, as we do in the publishing industry. So how did you stumble across the tarot? And what was your first deck? That's a great story. I was in college, and one of my good friends gave me a tarot reading. And I thought, tarot? We were at a a private Methodist college. Let me just start that. You couldn't even use the word beer in the paper, in the the college paper. You had to spell it backwards. Okay? I'm not joking. So we went up into the tower as one of the places, and she did this reading for me. And it was with this really kooky-looking deck, and 
I mean, I didn't know what it was. I didn't really like the images, but it nailed me. Like, was really, really on target. Mm-hmm. And I said, wow, that was really cool. And we, we talked more. We were very into new age things and things of that nature. So she took me to a bookstore called City Book and Coin in Shreveport, Louisiana. Don't even know if it's still there. And it's one of those classic old bookstores, right? You walk in and there's shelves, bookshelves to the ceiling and two people can back to back maybe face both shelves and you can't see the top shelf. It was wonderful. And Kate took me to the tarot section and said, I'm going to buy you your first deck because that's what you're supposed to do. Now that's a myth as we all know, but she bought me the deck she used, which was the thought deck. I hated it. Didn't like it. Couldn't read with it. And I told a friend it was too dark. This was years down the road. And this person wrote me an email version of three legal pages back and front on why it wasn't fair to call the thought deck dark because of Alistair Crowley. And I wrote back and said, I mean, the artwork, it's just not very brightly colored. He said, you mean I just wasted 45 minutes of my best writing? I said, you know, you can save it and use it again. (laughs) That's awesome. That's brilliant deck that I really clicked with was the Herbal Tarot by Michael Tierra and Candace somebody wrote it. It's okay. Well, did you get a lot of insight from your friends writing? I mean, clearly they were very passionate about that whole thing. It sounds like uh, maybe they should have saved it for a a school paper later. I really hope that he did. Uh, I've lost touch with him. His name is Black Mamba and he was from Canada. And if anybody knows him, I'd love to get back in touch. But this was, gosh, we were both in our 20s or, or maybe late 20s at that point. And I'm much older than that now. But, yeah, it made an impression on me because I was like, wow, people get really passionate about this stuff. Because at that point, it was still this stuff to me. You know, yeah. I, was, I was reading and I was doing it professionally. But my idea of professional was selling readings on eBay for five bucks a reading. So... These days, I have a different price point and a different attitude towards what's professional and what's not. Mm-hmm. You know, I made a lot of ethical mistakes back then that I wouldn't want to repeat, reading for people for help and things of that nature. So, right. yeah, and those are some of my ethical boundaries. They don't have to be other people. So just mine. It's funny because, you know, you started, as you said, you started reading and getting into it around the 80s being gifted a deck, going out and buying your own deck. And some of the things that you're saying that were true back then are kind of circling around and are coming up again and again, even in 2019, where there are still, we're all still highly opinionated readers. Cardstock's still a big issue across everybody. Oh, yeah. You know, people still have issues with the Toth. It says Toth, is it Toth? You know, how do we say it? I don't read with it. I read with it. Why not? It's too dark. Ah, it's evil. You know, it's it's just amazing that <laughs> Alistair Crowley touched it. Oh my gosh. You know, yeah, it's it's funny to hear what you're saying and bring it back to the present and you still get people saying a lot of the same things. Yeah, we don't really move forward very well. And I think it's because, particularly in tarot and any other trade of that nature, we always have new people coming in. And they always need to learn. They always are going to ask the same questions. People get mad at them because, oh, my God, everybody's asked that question. Why can't you read for yourself? Dude, did you read for yourself when you asked it first? No. You know, and we forget. We forget that we need to be nice to the beginners 
because they're going to be our teachers and our, our elders. Maybe not mine, because I'm going to be out of here before then. But, you know, that's their path. And if we don't treat them well, if we build a wall to keep them out of the inner tarot sanctum, what are we doing? Yeah, that's that's the crazy part, right? Because, again, you can learn a lot from somebody else who's brand new, who doesn't have some of the preconceived notions and again, it doesn't mean that they're going to know all the ins and outs and all the symbolism, but they might see something that you're just like, oh my God, I didn't even notice that, you know? So that's always a good way to, to look at that when you get beginners who are your friends and other on the internet, because we all get those. <laughs> but so did that long recitation, if you will, of writing inspire you to do your own writing and tarot work? No. I wish I could say it did, but no. At that point, I was more interested in writing naughty fiction on the web, mm. not, not tarot. So I think I began interested. I became interested in writing about tarot when, as a fiction author, my writing partner and I began using tarot to help us write our novels. Mm. And it occurred to me that other people could use this because you don't have to be a tarot reader to use tarot for writing. Agreed. Totally agree. Because I've also done the same thing. So what do you do and how did you both work with the tarot for your, is it just fantasy stories you write or is it romance, the naughty stories? It's uh, paranormal erotica and also contemporary, again, erotica. We have a whole bunch of things in the fire. We don't have anything out right now. Our publisher went poof and we pulled everything. We're kind of trying to rework it slow going. My, my best friend is now, I'm writing partner is a grandmother and that keeps her very occupied. Oh, so, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> but we, we were really stuck and we had just taken a workshop at a writer's conference called Romance Writers of America mm-hmm. where we learned about the hero's journey in, in a Christopher Vogler way. Christopher Vogler took what Joseph Campbell did and he translated it into really a working tool for writers. It's such a fabulous book. I have I own a copy. We'll put it up in the show notes. Everybody who wants to write anywhere, either tarot or not, get it. It's amazing. It really is. And so we used the hero's journey, and I kind of devised a spread that goes through the not just the stages, it also talks about theme and you look at which card kind of points back to another card. Because in the hero's journey, there are certain steps. And I wrote a book on it, in fact, to, to help other people to use tarot because I want it to be a tool for everybody. And tarot people, I meet as many tarot people as I do beginning writers. And they want to learn how to write. They know tarot. They want to learn how to write. And if you've ever written a badly written book, you know that not everybody polishes their, their work well enough. I won't say they can't write, but they don't edit and polish it. It takes time to write. You know, I I always tell everybody, and I hope this doesn't put us into the negative explicit category, but I tell everybody that wants to write something, you know, fiction, nonfiction, your first draft's going to be shitty. Mm. Write that brilliant, shitty first draft, get it out, you know, give yourself permission to do it, and then go back and revise it and revise it, and then nine years later or something, you have a book. That's published by Llewellyn or somebody else, perhaps. That's brilliant. I took a workshop, and it was basically by April Williamson. She does a, or used to do, write a book in a week. 
And she's damn serious about it. She'd get 30,000 words out in a week with just focused writing sprints. Mm -hmm. But she said, give yourself permission to write crap because it's not a final draft for a reason. Yep. And if you try to make it a final draft, you'll get stuck in the first 30 polish. And that's the people write for 30 pages. They go back and they polish it and polish it and think, oh, I don't like where that's going. Let me change that. You are getting in your own way. You are absolutely stuck in a whirlpool that you'll never get out of. So just keep going forward. I totally agree with that. Have you ever done NaNoWriMo, which is the acronym for National Novel Writing Month, NaNoWriMo.org? It's what got me from writing short poetry to sudden fiction and then can I even write a novel, a 50,000 word plus novel? Yeah, so have you ever done that? Absolutely, and have had a lot of fun doing it. I've actually finished twice. I've done it like four or five times. But yeah, it's it's a wonderful tool, and there's a tarot and, and writing thread on Nano. So yeah. we went through um, Camp Nano was July, right? I don't yeah. think, but that's a, for those that don't know, July is when you take your whatever you did for NaNoWriMo and you edit it and polish it and, and work on it again and, and I kind of move it forward. And it's a community and it's community, community. It's a, it's a group of people that work together to help you. Everybody's helping everybody else. And I think that's the best part. I agree. I mean, it's as most of us know, even Rose, cause I know she's done a little bit of writing writing is a solitary act, even in a way podcasting is a solitary act where there's, even though there are three of us wonderful tarot ladies talking to all of our listeners, each one of us in our own rooms, you know, babbling at a screen. But writing in itself, unless you have somebody on that screen, you're by yourself and nano gives you the ability to not only write brilliant crud out of your head, it's about quantity, not, not quality. Yeah. And you go into write-ins. I've gone to write-ins going, oh, God, I have this new character. I need a name. Somebody yell out a, a you know, non just, you know, male or female name or, you know, a non-binary name. Give me, you know, random name. And you get like, <laughs> fifth, you know, somebody will yell out a name. You're like, okay, I'm going to use that. And then sometimes you, that character gets edited out or sometimes it becomes the whole new story. You just, you never know what's going to happen. Exactly. And I think that's really important. Yeah, it also shows you that you're not alone, that there are also, I think there are millions of people now that do nano every year in November. I'm not sure how many do um, the summer camps, but there are a lot of people out there doing what we're doing, and that's trying to make a living out of writing or just writing a book to see where it'll take you. And if you can actually do a full novel length book, or as I, you know, Tarot Inspired Life was a Nano Rebel book. It was, really? yeah, in, in 2011, I decided, can I actually do a nonfiction book in Nano? So I became a rebel in a way, because technically you're supposed to write fiction. And again, just like the tarot community and the opinions, Nano Rhymoers, as people like to call themselves, have opinions on, well, you can't write NaNoWriMo, a nonfiction book, or you can. And I said, well, I'm going to try it. So I became one of those people that did it. And like I said, years of strong edits later, heavy edits, beta readers, I eventually got Tarot Inspired Life published. Awesome. And who edited you, Llewellyn? Oh, I can't. I mean, I'm sorry. Well, yeah, I, I can't say that publicly. They yeah. assign you somebody, et cetera, et cetera. But I had a bunch of people before I sent it to Llewellyn. God. I sent it to Rose Red and her partner, Drew. 
I sent it to a couple other people. I had a one of my old mentorees who was just getting into tarot at that time. I had her read it. And mm-hmm. she gave me feedback on tone and everything, telling me, you need to be the grand poobah, you know, start sounding more like a grand poobah that you are worth this and all that. So she was <laughs> instrumental on getting my tone and my voice a little bit more streamlined from the, uh, here's kind of how you can do it to, okay, here's what I do, go make it your own. Right. Maybe you might sort of want to do this, you know, if you want it, I'm not, I'm not going to push you. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, that's kind of my philosophy anyway. It's like, especially if you learn from me, I'm like, well, what do you want to do with it? And then I'll show you how to do it. Yeah. Well, and you also need to remind people of what their focus is and how they need to be looking at their work, not, okay, this is what I think your work should be. And then you're going, oh, so Jamie said my work should be this. And I didn't mean it for it to be that. No, that's how this works. Yes, 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 yes. In the writing world, there are people who don't understand that critique means telling someone how to improve their own voice. They think critique means telling them how to write in the critiquer's voice. Exactly. And their voice thieves, whether they mean to be or not, isn't the point. But too often, young writers or beginning writers, there isn't an age thing, get squashed. Because somebody says, you can't do that. Right. You know, Confederacy of Dunces. We would not have that book had they not found it in the, the gentleman's things. He committed suicide before that book was ever released. Oh. It's hard. I mean, even with the red pen, I tell people, go hard on my work. Because that's the, I can take it because I've learned how to take it. Yes, sometimes I might cry. But it makes my writing better. It makes it more poignant if I'm able to have that feedback that I don't like this character's voice because it sounds too, you know, if I'm trying to write a diversity character yet, I'm a white girl. Yeah. You know, you need to have more of those opinions in there to say, here's how you fix this because I'm not getting it. Yep. Yeah. I have to do that when I'm writing Oracle decks. You know, I have to step back and let somebody else tell me what they like and don't like. It's hard because Oracle decks for me are super personal. Yeah. Right? I'm writing yeah. my feels. They're all up in there. And uh, it, it can be really difficult. And listening to reviews of your stuff, Jamie, have you done that? How does that affect you? Or do you, do you avoid it? I kind of avoid it as a first time. I've been published many times with other authors. So sometimes I was able to say like, well, it's not my fault. This didn't come out right. It can be, you know, blame Neil Gaiman or blame somebody else, you know, <laughs> whoever else was in the book. However, when you're writing your own book, whether it is a little white booklet for an oracle or a tarot or like my book, Tarot Inspired Life, it's new. It's it's exciting. And even though I don't mind reviewers, I don't want to see them up front. So I have people like Rose and I have Melissa Sanova and other people, my counselor, in a way, they look at some of this stuff and read it to me or tell me the bits that I need to know rather than saying like the three star that reads more like a two star and I'm sitting there going why I want to know more but yeah what does it mean you know I can't do this but you're right because as I also write for companies doing little the little booklets I view it as what we're doing is we're sometimes I don't even get to talk to the artist or I don't get to work with them directly so it's like do they have an idea of what their world is if not I try and create a world so I look at it as world building sketch where 
I get all the images and I try and build a world around it. And then, as you say, put all the feels. I don't know if that's how you do it, but I'd love to hear what you do. It depends on the deck. With Secrets of a Mystic Grove, we already had a name for it. So I already knew it was a Mystic Grove. So I already had that fantasy feeling for it. And I emailed the artist, Mary Elaine Thomas, who's actually out in your neck of the woods. She's in Portland, I believe, or Seattle. Oh, cool. And I wrote to her, and we just talked a little bit. And then with the El Key deck, I talked to Melanie DeLong. She's French. She's a Parisian artist. A little bit about kind of where I was going with it. But I really just took her name to the, the images and then just chucked most of them and went off on my own little thing. I've never talked to her about how she felt about the interpretations, mm. you know? Yeah. And then I'm working on a, a field guide to garden dragons, which is fixed to come out. I had a blast. I didn't talk to Stanley until later, but that one just naturally came to me. I love historical fiction and historical romance. So I wrote it from the point of view or the point of voice, if you will, of an English researcher from the Royal Society. I love that. I tried to give it that tone. I don't know if it comes off or not. I'll be interested to see. And now I'm working on one with the art of Dan May. It's called Jack Creatures. And Ooh. it's, I'll have to look him up. It's just amazing artwork. And I sent him a test of what I was doing. He wrote back and said, I love it. That's exactly what, what's going on. I, you know, I really like that. And again, some of his, his titles to his images don't match what I see in the image. So I go off. And I've always had permission to do that. I've never been told, you must stick with the, the name of the picture. Right. I've had to on some of my decks where it's the more important artists or a more important elevated deck. I've been told here is kind of some constraints. Or when, say, I have to edit the artist's voice because mm-hmm. they wanted the artist to actually write the books and I had to go through and change some stuff. Yeah, you know that those are special cases, but agreed. You know, I'm always usually given, hey, whatever you want. With if I have to work with a bigger name artist, I keep them in the loop, saying, here's my point of view, here's where I'm coming at it. What do you think? And usually they say, I don't care. I don't know anything about tarot. You're the expert. Let's run with it and see what happens. <laughs> so I love that we're coming at it almost similarly, and yet we have our own different methods and madnesses and everything. Yeah, I have to set mine up in Scrivener, which is a tool, if y'all don't know, yep. it's a tool that a lot of people in NaNoWriMo use because Scrivener heavily supports NaNoWriMo, and I want a copy of it a year's, like a half off for, for finishing one year. Love it, use it all the time, but I have to get my images in and everything, and then I've got all my files over here on the side, and then I can click, and I, there's so yep. much you can do with Scrivener. It's like, I don't know why I ever tried to use it to do anything else. I agree. I mean, you're preaching to the choir here. I do the same thing whenever I get a deck or even even when I started on my own deck, I created the drag and drop, my blank folders, my blank outline for the different deck images or even the book. And then I started, when I got the artist's feedback back, then I dropped the images and got to edit them. And then when I finished up writing the book, I once again did it like it wasn't my own stuff. So yeah, I'll... I know listeners, I know we're kind of babbling about this and geeking out on writing and tarot stuff. Yeah. I know I know. for me, I've got Scrivener's stuff up on my Tarot Inspired Life website for people to give a shout out. And I also have some articles and stuff on both my tarot websites talking about its use and how you can use it oh, as a reader. Cool. 
And I'm sure Arwood's got some stuff on her fantastic site out there <laughs> that you can probably look at as well. So don't worry, we'll walk everybody through it. And there will be links in the show notes. Yeah, and if you want to know more about it, again, you can contact us at Twitter or Facebook about it, or even just me directly and say, Jamie, tell me your mystical ways of using this Scribner, <laughs> Scribner, Scribner app. Or even Arwen. I know that both of us. No, are. no, don't ask me because I am the worst teacher of that kind of thing. Go to Jamie. <laughs> you know, I've never taught a Scrivener class. I've always wanted to. I've been wanting to. However, it's one of those where it's like, how would you? I mean, it's this open package that you can do everything in the world with it. Mm-hmm. But how do you kind of teach an empty box? Other than So y'all, you've just heard it now. <laughs> Who's ready to sponsor Jamie to do this? You can show, shoot us an email at tarotvisionshow at gmail.com with your, hey, we'll have Jamie come out and teach because she will. Totally. Yeah. Or I do one-on-one. I've done one-on-one mentoring where I just sit on my, you know, I use Zoom and Zoom it around. Yeah. I but I know just, we're kind of getting off topic a bit. I have a Zoom class. True. And you can record it for those who can't make it. I put it up for everybody else. Yep. Or price. True. Don't give it away. Sorry. Okay. Nope. So yes, let's get back to that for a moment. And let's talk about the fact that how did you feel the first time you were doing readings for pay? Because you've mentioned it, that you were doing them inexpensively on, on eBay. When did it occur to you that, wait a minute, I'm worth more? And how was that for you with the client feedback? Well, it was interesting because I never came to that decision. I got pretty much slapped upside the head by other people who said that if I wanted to give it away for free, I should just hike my skirt up and stand on this corner. Wow. (laughs) I think think that kind of hits the nail on the head there. Yeah. And I went, oh, what? And I bumped my prices up to $25 a reading. (gasps) Scandalous. I know. And it really, and every time I bump my prices up, and I am much more than $25 now. Yes, it's now. Every time I bump my readings up, I fear I'm leaving somebody behind. My joy in doing readings is helping people find their joy, right? That's why I do it. I like to help people. Mm-hmm. My day job is helping people. I mean, it's, it's what I do. So when I raise my prices, I'm like, oh, God, who am I pricing out? But somebody, and I believe it may have been the fabulous Teresa Reed, who is freaking awesome, said to me, if when you raise your prices, you're allowing people to value you and you're offering people who aren't at your level yet or have not made that decision to raise their prices the chance to have the clients you don't have anymore. And in a way, it was kind of, it was comforting to think that I'm not abandoning folks. You know, I'm helping them. And it's not like I'm leaving my scraps behind or anything because my clients that I had were you know, at the $25 or $50 level were amazing people. And eventually they'll be up to where they can come to me again if they want to. But mm-hmm. I guess I, I didn't create a vacuum. Nature pours a vacuum. Mm-hmm. And it will be filled by somebody else who is talented and skilled and can do the same. So then I would ask you, what are your current favorite types of readings to give? I love readings that ask what is my life's purpose i love readings that say how can i be the best person 
I like readings that focus on self-growth. I'll, I'll say it. People can laugh at me. I hate does he love me readings because boys and girls, when you say does he or she love me, you've just answered your own question. It's true. Yeah. Or when will he come back? Mm -hmm. Will he leave his wife for me like he says he will? Yeah. And I actually have, I have a personal relationship with that. A family member was the other woman for 18 years. And that person did marry the person they were breaking somebody's home for, right? So I know that it can work, but I don't think it does very often. No. Yeah, that, that doesn't happen often. So then I guess we should really remind our listeners that the Cardamancer, this magazine that you've taken over and, and made beautiful in your own over the last two years, it's, it's so much blossomed and grown. Um, so much so that you got an award this year for it. I did. How, how does that make you feel? Pretty damn excited. Now, let me be very honest and say it's a self-nominated award. Yes. Okay. You put yourself forward, you pay a price to get put in. I mean, I want to be upfront about that. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know, and then I put it out and told people, here's the link, go vote for who you like. And I was up against the Retail Insight magazine, which is huge, and a yoga magazine, uh, or another, I can't remember. And I came in third, but I was so excited because it got the Cardamancer recognized and seen a little bit. You know, it's the International New Age Trade Show Association, and uh, it's the Coalition of Visionary Resources. Yes. If you have a business, people, go join Cover, C-O-V-R.org. It's brilliant. They give you workshops and all sorts of stuff. It's a really, really good business resource for people with <clears throat> woo-woo. Yes. Shop. <laughs> and it's a fun show to go to if you can get there. Yeah. And Llewellyn's there. U.S. Games is there. Uh, Shipper. So, you know, the big publishing companies hit it. And some indie, indie published decks were there too this year, which was kind of fun to see. That's and you awesome. also get all of the other woo articles like the lamps, the rocks, and it's quite amazing. And I think it's a great way to also just network if that's something you need to do, especially get your products out there. If you've written a book or a deck or any of those things. Yeah, what Rose said, it's a networking miracle. It's in Denver in June. It's beautiful. And don't be Arwen. Don't go shopping. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> so you expanded your collection. Because I know the funny thing was, I know that you've got quite the extensive tarot deck collection that you also this year were trying to pare down. And then you, sounds like you took out your clothes, added all the decks back in that you bought it at iNats. And you know how I said nature abhors a vacuum? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it seems like the more decks I sell, and I get decks to send to me for review. Yes. And because the Cardamancer gets a lot of that, I set up a review team. And I have a review coordinator. She's Amanda from Salt and Shadow Tarot, who also runs Indie Deck Review, which y'all should definitely get her on. She's her little indie okay. deck that let's not huge. So she now gets all the, we have a deck to review so that I don't get to go, ooh, I want that one. And that I don't get to cherry pick. I am part of the, the team. And if a deck comes through, I put my name in. And if I had the last deck review, I don't get to put in for that deck. 
I feel like it's way more fair and it gives us more voices. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And my publishers, you know, I've got people who review in England. I've got people who review in Canada. That way, people who publish in Canada can just ship in Canada and not play the heinous shipping fees. Right, exactly. I hear you. So are you taking new voices in for the reviews, review teams specifically, or how will that be working? Absolutely. If somebody wants to review for us, what I would ask is that they be familiar with the magazine. So, you know, buy a copy, read it, look at it, see what we're about. And write to me and tell me you want to be on the review team, you know, and I'll send you over to Amanda. And she uses people on her site too. The team is kind of multitasking. They they review for Indie Deck Review for Cardamancer because the Cardamancer only comes out four times, right? And I can only put a handful of reviews in. And I don't know about y'all, but decks are coming out a lot faster than just 20 a year, which is about how many reviews the Cardamancer can do. So it's really difficult. If you're a new deck person, Jamie, if your Triple Goddess had come out as an indie, you know, yeah. as an indie deck, and I said the Cardamance will review it and it comes out two quarters later, mm-hmm. it doesn't do you that much good. I mean, it may get you some sales, it may get you some recognition, but I'm a publicity person at heart. You need that publicity when you need it. Yes. Yeah. No, I hear that. It's crazy, at least coming from a Llewellyn perspective, that the pre- um, publication stuff they did like for my book and then the month long book uh, birth date so to speak and then the post stuff that they do they walked me through all that but for the most part at this point I'm on my own so all the sales everything all the publicity is now basically mine and every time they do a sale and every time I see my book on sale I try and get that out to people as fast as I can etc cetera, etc cetera. but yeah the cardamancer does so much good, especially for indie authors and artists, because a lot of the time, some of the other magazines or online magazines, they're not aware of the indie, the indie industry, I should say, that sounds kind of awkward, indie industry, but it is an indie industry, you know, a lot of the Kickstarter decks are coming out, and sometimes for me, they're more amazing and more, you know, kind of junky collector things, so to speak, than some of the other decks that are coming out from any of the major publishers. Right, and Two things. One, Jay and Jadzia need to be given kudos for the push mm-hmm. to indie decks. They're the ones that put that in right from the get-go in the card of answer. And when Jadzia and I were talking about me buying the magazine, that's one of the things she really emphasized. It's really important to her that the little guy, the little girl, the woman, the little man got put forward, right? Yeah. And as to publicity, mass market publicity like Nora Roberts, her books get about the same treatment your book did. Publishing houses now will ask you what your marketing plan is when you put in a, a submission. Yep. Because people believe that you hand them their, your book, you hand them your rough draft and they go, oh, that's wonderful. We'll fix it and sell it and it'll be a bestseller. No folks, not at all. Not anymore. No. Not anymore. So what does it take to submit to the Cardamancer? What is some things you're looking for besides reviewers? I am looking for, first off, well-written articles. And I know that sounds, oh, God, oh, but really, and Jamie can attest to this, people submit stuff that is not polished. And I have taken stuff and run it through my own editorial process, given it to somebody else and given it to somebody else and finally threw it at Jamie and said, can you fix this? 
it's an article that did not end up getting published because at the end, even with massive, with five people editing it, and they were all doing that for free. Nobody's getting paid for that. So if you're going to submit something, I want it to read well. I want you to have spelling checked. I want you to check your grammar. I want you to have somebody who is not related to you read through it. Because as I know personally, your mother will always say, that's wonderful, honey. They'll love it. But be professional. We may be a small magazine, but we put out quality, Mm -hmm. I, I believe. I believe that too. Some of the things that I've had to do, and this is a tip for the listeners looking to publish, read it out loud. Some of the stuff that I've had to edit throughout my career as an editor, I've read out loud just to see what was missing or how it sounds out. Because you can catch a lot of weird things when you read it out loud. Sometimes even our show notes I read out loud for televisions because I've biffed something up or made something sound really awkward. English is not a, an exact language. It's, it's creative. But I yes, know professional read it out loud. authors who read their entire manuscript out loud before they even begin to think about sending it to their agent or their publisher. Another thing you can do is give it to somebody that doesn't know tarot. Does it make sense to them? Oh, that's good. Because non-domain specific info, like the jargon and stuff, that's where you get people going, well, what is an LWB? <laughs> the little white book. What do you mean here? What is this? What is a spread versus a, a ritual or reading or, you know... Because that makes it better for for you as a as a writer, so that you've not fallen into that jargon space. Yeah, because the harder mancer can be picked up by anybody. It's true. Yeah. So, Arwen, what's next for you besides the magazine? Obviously, which will be coming out at least one more time this year. I've got big news that I can't announce yet. Okay. Darn it! But when it comes out, believe me, I'm going to tell everybody. I've got the new deck coming. I'm working on another deck with an artist friend of mine from Austin. It's all going because we both have many other projects, but it's going to be a lot of fun. And I'm hoping to write another book. I really would like to write a book about the hero's journey in your own personal life and how you can use those steps to kind of co-create your own life. I love it. Sounds fast. Take my money now and and everything. (laughs) No, all of these projects, and hopefully you can share this whatever secret thing you've got going on soon, because I think everybody, oh, I want to know what it is, darn it, because that's just the Leo in me. I want to know everybody's secrets. But it sounds like you've got a wonderful, fantastic, fulfilling, and joyful life coming up ahead with all these new things. So, well, thank you so much, Arwen, for actually coming and sharing all of this knowledge and information and love of Scrivener. I know Jamie is squeeing quietly on her side of the screen. Uh, This is her favorite thing in the world. And I know because she has shared it with both myself and my partner, Andrew. Where is the best place for people to find info about you? On the back wall of the bathroom at the bar on 7th Street. Okay. (laughs) Now everybody's That's got to amazing. Go the street in your own town. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and put out a good time caller. And then write it on the wall. Well, I don't find this in my bar here. I'm going to have to put Arwen was here. I have to song. add it in. It's not on your bar. <laughs> but where else can we be finding you? <laughs> Online, Tarot, perhaps. Tarotbyarwen.com. Okay. And also oh. the cartermancer.com, but it all comes to the same email. So, And I'd love to hear from folks. I like hearing from people. Well, then you heard it here, guys. Y'all need to reach out and email 
Arwen. And uh, I know that she would love to hear from you. And thank you, Jamie, for uh, diving deep with the editing. Thank you, listeners. And we hope to see you next time. As always, we enjoy hearing from your feedback and comments. So you can email us at tarotvisionshow at gmail.com or you can follow us on Twitter at twitter.com backslash tarot underscore visions or on the Facebooks at facebook.com slash tarotvisionsus. Thank you guys and have a great night. for listening to Tarot Visions, a podcast for the modern oracle. To keep the conversation going, find us on Facebook at Tarot Visions US or follow us on Twitter at Tarot underscore Visions. 